Recorded live. Good morning. Hey, Lindsay. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. So what conference is your husband at? Um, He's at Sapphire. It's the SAP uh, annual conference. So they have 30,000 people attending. So it's a huge... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a big thing at the Orange County Convention Center. So okay, I apologize. Okay. I was even four minutes late beyond oh. what I thought. The traffic was insane. I bet. I bet. No, don't worry about it. I'm fine. 
Um, I actually am glad we're having a morning call because today is the first day of summer for my kids. <laughs> oh, how cool is that? That's great. It's good. Um, and I was just thinking yesterday, I was like, I really should schedule my calls in the morning for the summer. It didn't really occur to me um, yeah. so that I can get them done before they get out of bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway. So how is your how is your son doing? You know, well, he still has the same issue. Um, we went and took him. I, I can't remember what I told you in the email because it all happened really fast. But um, we wound up taking him to the ER because I thought he was having seizures, which he is, isn't. He wasn't. They did all the, like, okay. neurological testing and all that. But it very it very closely mimics that, if that makes sense. Okay. The, yeah. the, only, the only thing that wasn't happening was, like, loss of time. He wasn't blocking out. Like, he was conscious, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know the difference. So I'm, even though um, we're going to get a lovely ER bill, I'm actually glad we went and had him checked out and just to make sure, you know, sure. Um, because it was happening so often, you know, I mean, probably every two to three minutes, you know. Wow. So, yeah. So, and we have seen this before years ago, because I think I told you he has um, ADHD. And when his meds are not working right, um, it comes yeah. out in physical motor issues. So, like, when he was little, he would do things like, chew on his shirts all day, you know, or, or he would like, I don't know, um, like jiggle his leg and he couldn't stop. Like, like, yeah, I I guess the energy comes out in physical ways. So we had seen this particular one before, but literally not for two years. And he's not been on medication for two years. So it was just kind of weird for it to start out of the blue. Yeah. Anyway. Long story short, um, the doctor, the ER doctor told us it's probably because of puberty. For, <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Oh, so okay. because, because he's going through puberty, he has all these hormones, and he's not been on medication. It's just kind of messing with his system a little bit. Okay. And there's some other stuff that's been happening in school um, where he's just been having a really hard time controlling physical behavior and outbursts. And he's not, like, yelling or screaming he just gets into this thing where he starts talking and he can't stop, like for okay. real. <laughs> okay. So all to say, it's just been a rough couple of months for him. And he, he had actually asked me, you know, like last month, mom, can I go back on medication? I'm like, well, you know, we'll make an appointment because we have to do all the evaluations and everything all over again. And, and we had already made the appointment. So right. long story short, long story short, he really probably just needs to be on something that will help him with the physical part because he can weirdly focus and concentrate and he's got really great grades. He just has that physical part that's hard for him to control. Okay. Okay. Anyway. And how old is he again? He's 12. 12. 12, Almost 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually sent him upstairs because like they gave us like a low dosage of medication because Mm -hmm. again, with his history, they were trying to make sure he didn't have, you know, really adverse reactions, which is what was happening yeah. before. And the first two days, um, this decreased, and then it stopped and went right back to normal. So that probably means it's just not the right dosage or the right medication. Okay. So okay. We're going, we're going back today, and we've got all summer to figure it out. <laughs> That's, you yeah. know, it's a blessing that it happened when it yeah. did and not, you know, at the beginning of the school year where you, yeah. oh, 
So, yeah. wow, and that think, had to be scary, too. Ugh. Well, we actually weren't really all that concerned until we called the pediatrician to make an appointment, and they were like, pull him out of school and take him now. And we were like, what? <laughs> he could be in yeah. the I mean, That's not really, you know, fun, but he yeah. was fine. So. Wow. Anyway, well, that's good. Thanks, thanks, for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. And, you know, yeah. I, I, just on a personal level, I really am hopeful that with the right medication, you know, he's a really, really funny, sweet, bright kid that because yeah. he has this motor stuff going on, kids are just not very receptive towards him. You know, Aww. he doesn't have a lot of friends and they don't really want to be around him. And so I'm kind of hoping you know, from a social perspective, that it will oh, give him, yeah. a, you know, enough control over that stuff to where people just don't write him off and think he's just being weird or obnoxious on purpose because he really isn't, exactly. you know. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. is his name? Ryan. 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 Okay. And, okay. And here's the best way I could describe Someone was asking me, well, you know, how would you describe this to someone? And it's basically like Tourette's without the cursing, like for real. Okay. That's, what, gotcha. that's what he does just to give you yeah. perspective. So it's not mild. It's not like people, you know, we're out in the store and people are like, what is he doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So just trying to maintain his confidence too, you know, cause he's yeah. self-conscious oh, yeah. about it, you know? Sure. So anyway. Sure. Yeah. So we're all wow. good. Wow. Mm. Sweet That's kid. Fun. Yeah. And if he, if he can't, if the medicine is not working and for him, I honestly will most likely keep him home next year and okay, just so we can try to figure out. Yeah. And he's real. I, I could hand that child a stack of books and he would memorize the whole thing. You know, he's academic wow. is not an issue. Um, yeah. It's more just giving him the space because I told him, you know, we could, there are things we could do with sleep and food a little bit better. We already do all that. I was like, mm-hmm. but honestly, and mm-hmm. um, it's really going to take us, like, if the medicine doesn't work, then there's other things we can do, you know, like, um, I can't even think of what it's called. It's like rapid eye movement therapy or something like that. And there's all these wow. different things, uh, yeah, that we can do. Um, so just prayers over clarity over that um, because, you know, it's, right. I don't know, it's more frustrating to him because, he wants to be friends with people and he wants to hang out with people and they just don't understand. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's not right. It's not, I know. Anyway. Are there other, other groups? I mean, are there groups for mm-hmm. that type of? Well, we went, to, he went to counseling um, a couple years ago for about a year and a half where he was in a group setting and they okay. were basically, yeah. they were, they were working on social skills. But remember, this is not a social thing. This is a, physical movement he can't control and and so even when even when he tells kids I'm not doing this on purpose I can't stop you know I'm not trying to be annoying I can't stop they're like yeah they're like whatever (laughs) you know what I mean right yeah yeah and the and the teachers have been very you know we've only had one teacher that was kind of difficult and she's a lot older and not that she just she just kind of um, we just couldn't get her to understand he's not doing this on purpose to make your life miserable. He really isn't. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? um, right. But everybody was real helpful and everything. It's just, you know, it is distracting. And short of removing him from the classroom half the period to sit out in the hallway by himself, you know, yeah. there really wasn't anything that they had any recourse to do because it was distracting to other kids. 
So, so yeah, all, yeah. All, wow. all to say, that's why I'm kind of like, okay, if the meds aren't working, then I'll probably keep him home next year and just kind of help him through um, maybe a little, like you said, a little bit more hands-on therapy. But I just, I don't even know if it's possible. You know what I mean? Like you think of yeah. kids with autism, for example, who have kind of similar behaviors sometimes. It really is not something they can control, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm no stranger to homeschooling. Oh. I can totally do it. It's not a problem. Um, I've just kept him in school for this long because the social skills are one of his exactly. um, yeah. areas of opportunity. Um, and honestly, Ryan is kind of a mama's boy, and he's in a good way. And he's also like exactly like me in personality. And so okay. we're very like we're very <laughs> yeah we're very introverted, you know. And so I have to force him to do things and. So anyway, it's all good. Wow. It's just it, the whole seizure thing and go to the R right now this second. We were like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. So anyway. Wow. But thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Yeah. But there goes. Well, I will, I, you know, it's it's just so interesting talking to you because you've got so many um, different things going on in no there all. And they're all big things, and it's like, wow, Lord, story of my life, grace to do what she needs to do today. Because uh, I mean, those yeah. are, ooh, yeah. yeah. And you know, the, the thing with my son has been going on since I first left work. That was when we. It, this is actually kind of funny. And when I left work ten years ago, it was for totally different reasons. So it was for our marriage stuff. And then yeah. my son would have been. Let me think. My memory is like awful right now. And. Um, so he's 12. He would have been like three, maybe, when I came home. Okay. Um, yeah. And within a month of me being home, and I was actually actively looking for other jobs, he got okay. kicked out of daycare. He got kicked out of daycare for, for starting to exhibit these issues. So this wow. has been a long, long, long time. Um, so I'm very used yeah. to advocating for him and helping him and all that kind of stuff and being flexible. And I think, honestly, my long-term goal is just to help him find a way to function, you know, in yeah. the real world. You know, yeah. he, he's not um, mentally limited or anything like that. He just has mm-hmm. this physical kind of ailment that really makes him kind of stand apart from people and make people kind of look at him right. kind of interestingly. You know, you know how it is. Um, so with, so with, with the medication, does that... Mm-hmm limit the behavior it does and um, the challenge we had early on I mean they literally put him on medication when he was I think four so from three okay. to four we just had to deal with all this really impulsive behavior and a lot of physical stuff and then they finally and when, put him on medication. when was he actually diagnosed when he was four mm-hmm. okay all right yeah and then um you know he was home with me the whole time Part of the reason I never officially went back to work in the beginning. I thought I was going to, and I never did because I was home okay. with him. And yeah. then um, um, he, it, when he was four, we had put him in like a pre-K program. And he, we had been, to be honest, I, thinking back, I think we thought it was just behavioral. Like we didn't realize anything else. Was, he was three years old, you know. Right, um, right. But, but when he was we put him in a pre-K program to prepare for kindergarten and the director is the one that actually came to us after like three days and said I can't really like 
like say anything because they couldn't, you know, but she's like, you might yeah, want to yeah. consider, you know, taking your son and having him evaluated because I don't think his issues are behavioral. And okay. later on, after we took him to like a psychologist and did all these testing and everything and got, you know, this ADHD and all these other things diagnosed, and she actually told us her son has similar challenges. She oh, couldn't wow. say anything. Yeah, she couldn't say anything until after, you know, we already had okay, like yeah, official. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's some legal thing with school. But anyway, um, that's when he got diagnosed and put on medication. So he was on medication from then until, um, let me think, it would have been two years ago to like fourth grade. Um, And the reason we took him off, and again, this is all normal, but um, your, your body can develop like resistance to medication or like when you start having the hormonal changes, like the pre puberty, it can mess up your system. So okay. he started he started having um like it's almost like his personality disappeared that year. Like like mm, he was just wow. so flat. You know, you couldn't get a rise out of him, you couldn't you couldn't get emotion yeah. out of him, good or bad. Just kind of walked around like a little zombie. And oh. and then he started having just depressive, you know, kind of I, I don't need to be alive. Nobody likes me kind of thing. Um, so, so that's why we took him off because we were like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But anyway, so, so really the challenge is finding a medication that for him is not a stimulant, right? Because the stimulant, that, that like, th- those have like highs and lows. Um, uh-huh. so physically, mm-hmm. physically, it could make him really, really hyper and then really, really low, really, really hyper. So we've got to find something that's more of just... Um, dampening the physical effects without him kind of, I don't know, becoming, uh, what's the word? Like, like where it's dampening his personality too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So anyway, long story. And just so you know, I actually have the same thing. Um, I, I have, um, it runs into my family. Let's put that. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the ways I'm able to help him is because I've just learned how to cope with it, you know, in a lot of different ways wow. in my, my entire life. Yeah. And I t- um, used to take a low dose of medication, but I, but I stopped because I have really weird side effects, side effects from medicine too. So okay. For the oh. most part, I know for the most part, I manage it fairly well, you know, but it's been my whole life. So, Goodness. you know, it'll work out. So is, is yours the movement as well? Um, a little bit. It depends on the situation I am. I usually, I usually don't have the movement issues unless I'm really stressed out or overwhelmed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's just a lot of things I, you know, I put in place with scheduling and stuff like that and rest and exercise, you know, food and all that to just try to prevent myself from getting there. But I really haven't had any issues in years. That's good. It's good. So anyway, wow. um, yeah, the medicine should, <laughs> I know, the medicine should help them out. It's just a matter of finding the right thing, you know. Right, right. So, anyway. Well, I know, and it's funny because my daughter, you, you know, my daughter's totally opposite, and she's just dealing with relationship issues, you know, and then we've got business and we've got school, you know. It's, it, I, mm. I agree with you. I kind of feel like it's a lot of really big things going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's all good, oh, though. But nothing, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, but nothing the Lord can't handle and give you grace to get through a day at a time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, totally. Um, and I was telling someone the other day, the biggest lesson I had to learn in all this is I'm not a bad mom just because my kids have issues. You know, everybody's right. kids have issues. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. And, 
and my role is really just to help them function and focus while also depending on God, you know, through things yeah. that they may not, they may not be able to change, you know, yeah, you know, and so, you know, Ryan's really funny because he's like, well, I think, you know, if I get the right meds, I'm going to go into the military because it's super structured. And that's really good for me. So he's already thinking like long term, like what would wow. be a good environment for him where he could function yeah. effectively, you know, Um. And this is funny, and then we'll go on to your stuff. But he 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 has this thing stuck in his head that he wants to move to Japan because he wants mm. to teach. I know he wants to teach English and Bible, and then he wants to live in one of their little tiny apartments. I'm like, what are you okay. talking about? So, but he's like, Mom, it'd be really good for me. It wouldn't be a lot of distraction. I'm like, you could live in a tiny apartment here, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just, wow, cool. He, he makes me laugh. He's just so funny. But anyway. Okay, cool. So let, I I appreciate you for sh- checking in for sure, and I just I have another call at ten, so I want to make sure that we sure. get to your stuff in time. And, yep, yep. And um, we can go through the list building because it's this is this part's a little um, great information, but there's a few things in here that might feel a little uncomfortable because it's not necessarily what you're used to doing when it comes okay. to building your your email list. So we're gonna talk through it. Um, because, you know, what we've been doing is talking a lot about um, how you're going to kind of relaunch the study via the online forum. Um, yes. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but also part of, the, part of the challenge that you've been experiencing is making sure that you're reaching the right audience and drawing new readers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mentioned last phone call that actually having, I think we said around a September time frame for the study is, is good because in between now and then, um, you know, while we're integrating working on the content for the study and how it's going to be delivered and all that, you can also be working on building the email list. Um, and the mm-hmm. reason that's important is because, again, an email list is something that you you own. You're, you're not renting, you know, from Facebook mm-hmm. or Twitter. And, and while not everybody in your list is going to open every single one of your emails, the return on that time of investment is much, much higher than the return on posting on like Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest, right? Right. Because you can't control who actually sees that. So give me, I'm going to, I have like five things I'm going to ask you for a quick update on, and then we'll start sure. talking about the, about the list building. So. Okay. From the last um, set of notes and assignments, there were um, kind of five, five main topics. Um, so we had talked about the categories uh, for your blog post, right? right? And you had a list, and then I kind of added my list of how you could kind of summarize those a little bit. So did you have a chance yes. to look at that? Okay, I did. I did, what and I went ahead and categorized everything that's up so far. Good, Okay. So, yeah, so if you look at my, um, at any of the posts now, with the exception of the one that was just posted, um, Mm -hmm. they all have, um, in addition to saying archive, they also have a tag on them. And I like Mm -hmm. your, um, the succinct way that you put understanding who God is, understanding, Mm -hmm. or, you know, understanding truth, whatever. So I Mm -hmm. I use those tags for for the, the posts. So there are three categories currently that each of the posts, you know, um, that the posts would fall into one of three categories. So, so that's done. Okay. Let me look real quick at something. Sure. Hold on. I want to just see. 
Blog, give me just a second. And I'll, I'll probably put this in, in your notes. Um, there's a couple of ways that we can direct people to the tags. Um, okay. For example, on my website, um, when I tag or categorize, or it's, it's really more categorizing, not tag. There's actually a difference. So the categories. And I can add that to the menu header, right? So, for example, under the blog menu at the top of your uh, website, you could have um, theoretically like a little drop down, and each one of those categories could appear so that if someone wanted to click on that and read anything you wrote under that, that topic, they could. Do you gotcha. see what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, so say that again. Where would it appear on the actual website? Well, when you open your website and you're looking at your home page, <clears throat> right? Correct. You have your header image, and then you have your menus. So the menu mm -hmm. headers are about, bookstore, blog, speaking, contact. Okay? Correct. Mm -hmm. And so, like on my website, if you hover over one of those headings, I have like a drop-down menu that pops up. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, I'm going to look at instructions and see. Uh, to be honest, I don't know that we have the exact same theme. You know, the website yeah. theme. Yeah. And and so, in my theme, I can go to that blog header, and then I can select my categories to show up as a drop-down item under that. Does that make sense? Okay. It does. So that, and I'm I, yeah, and I'm not sure that mine has that capability because it was okay. either that where it would be mm -hmm. a separate page, but because mm -hmm. of the way that it's built, it's a continual page. It's not multiple pages. Okay. And that's fine. Uh, and if that's if that's not possible, then um it, it's something that we can kind of either add into the home page. Like you have your about me section where you talk about um, you know, meet me, what I believe, an invitation, you know, and so yeah. we could probably, we could add a little paragraph in there that kind of describes, you know, this is what I talk about. You, you know what I mean? Okay. Here are the categories. Um, and right. we could probably link them to that tag. So I'm just going to put a note to look up instructions so I can put them in your notes. And okay. it's fine. Okay. It's fine what you're doing. The point is that we're trying to direct people um, to the right. categories right. in a consistent way. Yeah. So, and this will play into the into newsletter stuff as well, which we'll talk about a little bit in a, in a few minutes. Okay. Okay. And then let's see. Let me make these notes real quick. Look up. And category menu. Okay. And then I had sent you feedback on the content upgrade that you had sent me. Um, is Correct. that the is that the, the one you've completed that's right that's now? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Do you have there, any ideas for additional ones? Um, I have not really given it much thought. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, um, if you have ideas, I would mm -hmm. love to um, to investigate them. <laughs> okay. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, it's, no, it's no worries. I was just curious. And I could definitely make some recommendations for you. Perfect. And then the other um, note that I had put in there was checking into um, a related post plugin 
And as a reminder, what that was is when you're looking at one of your blog posts and you're talking about a particular topic, you know, in a particular category, um, having a little um, plug-in at the bottom that kind of says something like, you know, other ar- articles you might be interested in. And then it, right. would, pull, it would pull from, you know, your other blog posts so, that, that yes. fit into that category. Yes, and I did um, talk to Seth, the guy that does my website, um, mm-hmm. about that. And he said that should not be a problem. Okay. So, um, yeah, so he's got to do that on the back end. Um, we did talk about it, and like I said, he said it shouldn't be a problem at all. And now that I've okay. got them categorized, um, mm-hmm. he should be able to do that. Now, he awesome. was um, was thinking about putting up, you know, having four of them or three of them or however many fit based on this theme um, that would be down at the bottom of the actual page. So if you go to an article that, you know, is about understanding who God is, Mm -hmm. down at the bottom of that article there would be like more articles or more posts on this topic and then there would be some listed. Um, Is would That's it perfect. be beneficial to actually have the little icons with the pins that I put down there? Is that a good thing? Or would it be better to just have a button that says, for more information or more posts on this topic, click here? Well, people are more visual. So if there's a okay. way to have a plugin gotcha. that has like a little thumbnail of whatever your image was in the title. Yes. That's okay. people are more likely to click on that. So I would definitely go more visual than anything else. Okay. Okay. Cool. Great. Cool. Okay. And then the other big portion of our notes had to do with um, the the study itself. Correct. I gave you yeah. kind of the course comparisons. So yeah. what were your thoughts on? Because what I try to do is I try to list the pros and cons of of the main Correct. areas, and then. Yeah basically gave kind of my recommendation is how this might proceed. So yeah. um, if you need to pull that up, go ahead. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts specifically on the recommendations for the study. Um, yeah. And I had, it, I had it in two stages because the first part is something that we can implement pretty easily for mm-hmm. like the September timeframe. Um, the second part is something that would be more of a longer term effort to kind of repeat the study, if that makes sense, and turn it into something beyond, you know, just a casual, yeah, just a casual relationship. Yes. Yeah. I love this. And it's really interesting. I'm I'm, um, 99% um, convinced that I need to do Facebook Live. And Mm -hmm. here's what I'm thinking. Even prior to the study, in in my preparation for the study, I would Mm -hmm. like to be posting some things on Facebook Live that would be um, blog, you know, blog worthy. So something mm-hmm. that would be topics that I'm covering already to just give myself practice and then also feed people into it to get them mm-hmm. on board. Um, mm-hmm. I read from uh, ProBlogger, what is the guy's name, Darren somebody or other, anyway, uh-huh. Darren mm-hmm. Rouse. Um, he was listing all of the benefits of being on Facebook Live, and it made so much sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, within the next, I would say in the next three, four weeks, I'm going to be starting to just practice with that and and put some things out there. Um, 
so, you know, that will be uh, a good trial run for the actual Bible study. And then what I'm planning on doing with the study itself is to have a worksheet or some type of a fill-in sheet that the participants can download and follow along when I'm teaching. So it'll be very, you know, uh, self-explanatory, but it'll be a little more content that they'll get for free um, as they, you know, join the live study. So Okay, perfect. Um, And then I, I... I put in the notes last time how to practice. This is the only way I figured out how to practice Facebook Live yes. <laughs> without yep. it showing yep. up all over your Because <laughs> I was like, I mean, it's something I need to do as well. Um, I'm just trying to get some other stuff wrapped up. And I was sitting here going, okay, how am I going to do this where my first Facebook thing is not me going, is this working? <laughs> How's my yeah, body? Yeah. Um, and so honestly, I, I have, you know, I still got Facebook groups all the time for my launches. And so I just set up one that was for me and my husband, seriously. Right, <laughs> and, right, and, right. And, and because you can do Facebook Live, and actually my business coach is in there too. Um, so you okay. can do Facebook Live directly into a group, you know. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've just been practicing you know, and then they give me feedback, which is helpful, Great. helpful for me. And, 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 and I, what, have you thought, what have you thought about it? Well, you know, I'm going to try to take my personal – I'm not a big – I don't like being on video okay. <laughs> personally. Okay. So I've had a little bit of a hard time um, just with the logistics, and it's also kind of the way my office was set up. So just trying to find – like how my my phone needs to be angled and like getting the distractions out of the way. That's been a little, um, I don't know, frustrating because my office is, is in the middle of my kitchen dining kind of living. Like our whole first floor is very open. And okay. so it's very, okay. it's very hard for me to find a space where there's not like weird lighting or just noise. Sure. <laughs> so that's been sure. kind of like, okay, how am I going to do this? In my closet? I have no idea. And um, but I, I think, honestly, um, just practicing and preparing and knowing, you know, where does my, my phone need to be? You know, at what mm-hmm. angle? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's actually, like, um, I need to find the link, but there's, like, a little stand you can buy, you know, off Amazon. I remember you, you saying that. You, okay. Yeah, you, you set it under your computer. You put your phone on there. And you still have to kind of reach over and hit the start button but at least your phone's not like wobbling around and all, all that kind of stuff while you're setting it right. down. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. So the other thing, um, I don't think I put this in the notes, but the one thing I don't like about Facebook Live is when people switch the screen. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it goes from their face to where they hit like the reverse on the video. So it's like okay. showing you something in the room. The only reason I don't like that is because I feel like it's disconcerting. Like, like the angle switches, you know, and people okay. usually people usually use that when they're trying to show their readers something, like on their computer or something like that. So I like your idea of just having a quick downloadable document that people can fill yes. out in advance. Because yeah. number one, you can send it out via email and attach it to your email with a reminder yes. of the date and time of the Facebook Live. And you can yeah. also um, add like a direct link to the file. Like say we have it saved in Google Drive or Dropbox or something like that. And so yeah. when, you're, when you're on a Facebook Live um, um, video, you can drop that link into like the first comment, 
you know, so people can click and open it if they're jumping on later. Cool. So, okay. So okay. Yeah. Just, all of those things I'm going to need to learn how to, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, all those technical <laughs> things. The thing with um, Facebook Live, too, though, is that it's meant to be more casual, right? Yeah. And so yeah. just yeah. kind of operating in that mindset of this is not a professional speaking me on a stage kind of thing, which is definitely a certain type of presentation. So your yeah. viewers are going to expect that it's going to be more casual, Right. Right. Um, right. So I think I think for you, you know, just having a little bit of a process, you know, if you get that little stand thing and you've got your phone set up and, you know, you, um, you know, hit live, but then you're going to have to cut and paste the Dropbox links right away, you know, that sort of thing. It, it's just, you know, just having a little bit of a process of what you do um, will work right. well. And the only yep. other thing about Facebook Live is that people are not um, always notified right away. I, I'm sure you've seen that where someone says, okay, I'm just going to talk for a few minutes until everybody jumps in. That's really right. up to you. Um, personally, I feel like if you give people a date and time, just yeah. start. Because right. yeah. Um, yeah. then you can, you can what say what you need too. to say, and then you have a replay link you can give them. You know? Exactly. So if they, Yep. If they jump up in a minute or two late, you know, you don't need to wait around for people. Um, and the other thing I've been told is to ignore the number. Like when you're on Facebook Live, it shows you like number of viewers and stuff like that. Um, okay. And so one of my good friends um, that runs like a live streaming course was basically saying just ignore that number because it's not always accurate. So if it just okay. shows one person, don't be like, oh, my gosh, there's only one, one person. There's probably more yeah. seeing it. It just doesn't okay. register people until they sit and watch for like a minute or something like that. Oh, does that make sense? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because think so of all the people. You, I'm sorry. I was going to say, let me ask you a quick question. Do you happen to know how long you can do a, a Facebook Live video? How is there you know, a limit? I don't know, but I'll find out. But I have seen some really long ones. <laughs> Okay, I was going to say, uh, yeah. because I I was under the impression I had heard from one person that it was only like 20 minutes. But then mm. when I read Darren's um, his post, yeah, mm. it was like 90 minutes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I misunderstood. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll look it up. Okay. I'm in a... I'm in a course right now on Facebook streaming, live streaming in Periscope. I'm taking a course from someone okay. who does this all the time. So I'll go look in there and see if there's a time limit or ask them. Um, but okay. I know I've seen some longer than 30 minutes. But that's okay. a good question, you know, because you okay. got to know how long to talk. Right. Well, and even what is the optimal um, mm -hmm. amount of time? Because, I, yeah. you know, if – because I've got to admit, a lot of times when I see things on Facebook or wherever, mm -hmm. if it's going to be even on, you know, things like, um, oh, Michael Hyatt's stuff, mm -hmm. if it's more mm -hmm. than 17, 18 minutes, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what, I don't have time to do that right now. And more yeah. often than not, it, I, I never go back and watch it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to make it content rich and I want to make it worth people's time to tune in, but I don't want to mm -hmm. have people tune out because it's too long. So. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like, again, having kind of a set time and day is going to help you because yes. we can integrate marketing into that. Um, yes. 
meaning like you can have, um, you know, reminders go out on your blog post and in your newsletter. You know, hey, I'm teaching on this topic. Here's the downloadable item. You know, go to my, you know, author page at this date and time um, kind of thing. So you can't you can't give them a link to the direct Facebook Live thing because it's not actually live until you're live, you know. Right. But but you can send them there, you know, at the specific date and time, and they'll see it, and they should be able to comment and all that. So yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm going to look at time limit and an optimal attention span time. Um, I know for me, I actually. <laughs> this, this this just might be me, so don't take this in any other way other than that. My yeah. attention span is like that of a five year old sometimes. So yeah, I because I have so much stuff going on. Like sometimes I'll see Facebook Live stuff, and after like five minutes, I'm like, okay, if you're not getting to the point, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. <laughs> you yeah. know. So yeah. I think I think it is very important to communicate, you know, in a consistent manner via your newsletter, via blog posts, and even on occasional Facebook posts. Hey, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. live event on this date. Here are the three main points I'm going to cover. You know, just over educating people so they can know yeah. what to expect and why they should stop by, and yeah. and and just being you know as, so, as succinct as you can. Because the thing with Facebook Live is like when you're watching it, you actually can't multitask. Did you know that? Like you can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You can't like yeah. scroll and read stuff, other stuff, and I mean that's kind of a sad state of I don't know our culture right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you definitely. have to sit and watch it, you know, and and so you've got to be able to kind of get their attention and and almost have like a quick action oriented thing mm-hmm. for them to listen to that they can apply, you know, as soon right. as they get off the the live event. So yeah, I'll look yeah. into that for sure. Cool. Okay. okay. And then what were your what were your thoughts about kind of the longer term, you know, looking at this being um a course down the road? I like it. I like okay. that. And it's um, you know, definitely uh doable. I mean I think yeah. it's it it lends itself to that. Yeah. So um you know, I think that would be fantastic. Did you were you able to sign up for the the example course I sent you and take a look at it at all? You know, I did. It's the Edith Edith Pons, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know I did look at it, but I cannot recall it. <laughs> That's okay. awful. Well, well, she she specifically did hers in Zippy courses, which is a, a fairly right. affordable option, you know, compared to most out there. So the main reason I wanted you to sign up for it is just so you could see what was possible. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, it looks great. It's streamlined. It's user-friendly. And it's not a lot of money, <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, like the program I'm using for my courses is way different and way more expensive because I think down the road I'm going to have a membership thing going, right? Okay. So I, so I, so I had to figure out something that was, uh, you know, that could handle that. But if you're doing, right. you know, just, um, you know, a couple of studies, you could create it in something like this. And then when you have your next study, you just replicate the whole layout and structure and put new content in. So, again, okay. it should be easy for you to replicate new studies, you know, with the existing technology you have and have it look really good, you know. Great. So, cool. Yeah, okay, I'm on that, be, site now. This does look good. But, okay. again, th- the thing is, well, first of all, I will tell you that she does have a designer, 
Okay, so a lot of her mm-hmm. imagery, she has a, a friend who's graphic design that does it for her. Okay, because okay. I think you do. I do. You do a lot of your stuff. I think in Canva. Um, I so do. when it comes to courses, you know, it might be worth investing. You know, in a like a virtual assistant or something like that. That's really really uh-huh. good at graphics, just uh-huh. for the course. Right. Okay. Um, and yeah. To be honest, they're not actually all that expensive. You know, I have um, I know one BA gal who, I'm trying to think what she told me, maybe like for ten images, you know, which could be the whole course and the marketing stuff. Yeah, I think it was like a hundred dollars. You know, it's, it, it doesn't wow. have to wow. be. That's yeah. completely cheap. Yeah, the designer I'm using because I'm in the middle of a a rebrand and logo and all that stuff for my website. Right. She's creating a marketing kit for me for my first course. And, and hers is like, I think it's like $350, you know, but, okay. but she, she's a little bit like, um, well, long story. It has a lot to do with my whole and um, all my courses and offerings and my website need to have that consistent consistency, okay. you know, and the look and feel. Okay. So she's she's doing a lot for me that's not necessarily part of a normal just create graphics. So anyway, um, I just think um, what I love about Edith is number one, um, I know Edith personally, um, and I know that she you know resources are you know not like she doesn't have abundant money you know but she still found a way to make this look really really good. You see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think a, a lot of people get stuck on, oh, I have to spend all this money to do X, Y, or Z. Um, Zippy Courses is what I was going to use until um, I had publishers express interest in one of my courses. That's not even done okay. yet, which is pretty awesome. But um, when they were talking to me about it, I had to reevaluate the delivery, right? Because they're talking about, you know, hundreds of authors going through it right. versus me thinking I'm just going to sell a couple a month. And so for me, I, I had to move on from this because it, it wasn't necessarily going to have the functionality I needed to deliver yes. and, yep. you know, to a large number of people in the way that the publishers would be used to, you know, with the yeah. d- yeah. delivery. So, but Zippy courses, um, I know several people that use this and it's easy and it's, you know, affordable um, and it's easy to make it look really good. You know, with just great graphics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and then I gave you kind of the outline of of what this process would would look like. You know, how would we um, promote the study and all that kind of thing. Um. So that's on there. Um. Yeah. Did you have any questions about any of that, or think we needed to add uh, anything to this? I. You know, at this point, I don't. But getting okay. closer to it, I'm sure I would. Okay. Um, it's just being still back in the first stage that you mentioned there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that my mm-hmm. focus is more there in what I need yeah. to accomplish. Okay, um, no, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay, so we're all good. I, so from the from the course perspective, I mean, you know what you want to do. You basically just need to practice with Facebook yeah. Live, and then yeah. you need to work on, you know, basically the how you what what the content would look like in a reduced format. Um, but as you really shouldn't do either one of those things until we figure out the optimal time. So I'll look that up and include it in your notes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you know what framework to work with. Okay. That's and the last great. thing. And even is, and on that on that point, Lindsay, even a mm-hmm. day and time 
mm-hmm. if there is a, you know, if there's something that would be recommended, mm-hmm. um, that would be great too because the last thing you want to do is put all the time and effort into it and then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you've got the replay, but it's nice to be doing it with some people that are watching it live as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll add that to the list. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch base on is actually something we talked about a while ago, and it, it had to do with kind of that influencer um, mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Okay. Yeah. So is that oh, yeah. is that something? Um, like like I know you've been doing you know updates here and there. Do you have any questions on that, or are you feeling like you're okay there? Uh, I mean, um, okay. You can always use more influencers okay <laughs> and it, it, you know it's um i i guess i need to um know as well i believe from what i've read and things that i've that i've seen it's at least 30 days prior to um you know to your launch and and in mm-hmm. this case if i'm having people actually um, read the study, it, it mm-hmm. can be three months. So at mm-hmm. what point do I need to be sending the emails out? Well, and remember, we're not doing like a traditional launch of a book. Correct. Right? And, Correct. And so yeah. like in your, in your specific case, um, well, I've kind of looked over the list and, and just trying to have, number one, we needed to figure out what you were going to do <laughs> before we could ever get yeah. to this point. Yeah. But, you know, like these top influencer people um, that you have listed, you know, really what what we would be asking these people to do would be to consider sharing about the study, the online study, or interviewing you about it. Do you see what I mean? Gotcha. Just yeah. to get the word out to increase sign-ups. So it's not necessarily about them For reading them and reviewing yeah. your study or doing it. It's about, you know, like I know Mary DeMuth has a um, a podcast. You know, so could yeah. we get you yeah. on there, you know, as a guest to talk a little bit about what you're passionate about and then maybe at the end have an invite, you know, to register for the study. So that's, right. that's, that's how we would use the top influencers at this particular moment in time versus okay. sending them a book and asking them or sending them the study and asking them to review it. Because, again, it's a study. It's not like a book they can sit down and read, you know, in a couple yeah. hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more of a time investment. Um, and to be honest, right. the the peer influencers, um, have any of these people actually gone to the study that you know of? Or are these just people? I, I would have to look at my list again. Um, okay. I'm sure some of them have. Okay. Just because off the top of my head, I'm, I, I know several okay. that have okay. done it. To be honest, I would I would approach the peer influencers in much the same way, except that we would maybe ask them to do a little bit more sharing about the online study versus the first group. Like the first group would be, you know, can I interview with you? You know, could you highlight this in your newsletter, period, just once kind of thing. Okay. And the, the peer influencers would be more of a, hey, you know, would you be willing to share about this this upcoming study, you know, once a week or once every two weeks for this time period, and here's all the information to do that, you know. Or okay. would you join? Would you want to join it? Do you want to be part of it? That sort of thing. And and then the people that have already gone through it, and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, it would be interesting to identify them and just to ask them, would you be willing to come hang out on my Facebook Live <laughs> and yeah. just comment because they've already been through it, right? Right. Just comment and interact with other people. Like that could be a role they could have is just commit to X number of weeks, jumping in and just commenting and interacting with people in the comments. Because the more comments you have, the more visibility it gets. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll figure out ways to to kind of reach out to these people and utilize them best. But those are just a couple of the ways that I would use them in this particular scenario because we're not actually like launching a book. We don't actually need people um, to read it in advance. We just we're trying to get promotion out there so people are aware of the study and can potentially, you know, purchase in advance themselves. Right. Okay. Yep. One question for you, mm-hmm. and this has, um, it, it doesn't have to do with the lists, uh, the current people that I've got on the list, but it does have to do with list building. Um, mm-hmm. have, are you familiar with ConvertKit? I am. Okay, what do you think of it? Um, I'm going to say I'm neutral on it right now. I actually have it. That's how I deliver my emails right now. Okay, okay. Um. I'm a little, um, it's kind of a new email program, yeah. like new to, the, new to the game. And the challenge I've had with it, and now take this with a grain of salt, okay, because I literally have not had time to sit here yeah. and read through pages and pages of documentation, you know, on how to use it. Right. Um, yeah. My first impression is that um, deliverability of my emails is pretty much equal to what I had with MailChimp. I haven't really gotcha. seen higher open rates or anything like that. Um, okay. A few of the challenges for me are that um, it's not as visually intuitive. And again, this this is this is how my brain operates. So this may not matter to you. But like when you log in, you have a, a list of your subscribers, um, but you don't really have lists. You know, you can tag those people. And so what yeah. you have is a list of your subscribers, and then on the right, a list of every single tag you've ever created. So mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not sorted really well, if that makes sense, which just kind of sure. drives me crazy. You can click on okay. the tag, and it will sort your people, but it just, just it makes me, like, crazy when there's too much information on a screen. Um, okay. But the, the, the usage perspective is you can set up, like, for example, when I send an email and I say, you know, if you're interested in, you know, joining a launch team, click here, okay? Mm-hmm. Usually mm-hmm. it links to an application people can sign up on, but it also tags those people so that I know who clicked that link out of my entire list. So there's, okay. there's benefits to that for, like, follow-up, um, but like in my particular situation, I mean, I now have like 60 tags, you know, because of all the launches and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, it's just, it hasn't been very intuitive, but I do know that there are people who are very good at setting convert kit up, right. For like automation mm-hmm. campaigns and sequences and all that kind of stuff that can help with it. Um, I just personally have not really seen an increase in like the deliverability and stuff like that. So, okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth changing over right now at this stage, if you already yeah. have a decent, you know, decent um, response right now. 
Um, well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't. I, I, it, what I'm trying to do is build my list, and, and yeah. looking through convert. Kit, I was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, maybe because it does have some um, pages and things already, I, I'm so um, technologically challenged with the, you know, okay, lead mm-hmm. pages, how does that, um, how does it, is it the same thing? It really isn't. Does the okay. convert kit have the functionality of having some pages that I can use already in it so I don't have to create that on my own. Yes, Um, ConvertKit does have, um, uh, let me see what they're called. I'm going to log in real quick because I can't remember the terminology they use. So like my forms on my website are from ConvertKit, um, but I, I use what they call their naked form. So it's basically just your name and your email address. Okay. Okay. And then you but they, just on everything but, else. Yeah, but they do have forms that are like your traditional kind of pop-up kind of forms. Right. You know, right. So you could you could create one that pops up that you know has a little picture, you know, and a little description, and then the sign of information. And yeah. Hold on, I'm looking at them because I think there's like three sure. different options. Okay. It's it's not yeah, really. I'm just concerned that if I migrate my MailChimp people over to it, because I've got like mm-hmm. a 30-day trial, free yeah. trial, mm-hmm. um, and then what do I do if I don't like it? Do I migrate them back? And all the time yeah. that it takes to look into that, well, I need to be working on these other things. I, I mean, I yeah. just don't know if that's going to be beneficial for me. Well, and ConvertKit does have um, landing pages. So there's there's basically two different forms. There's forms that are like the little boxes that pop up or that are embedded kind of in your website mm-hmm. that you can collect mm-hmm. email addresses from. And they also have templates, which is kind of like lead pages, but they only have like four of them. Okay. okay. So lead pages has like a huge, you know, like a huge amount of templates <laughs> you could purchase. Okay. ConvertKit has like four basic ones that typical people would use. Um, so it does give you the ability to have like that landing page layout without having to try to figure it out yourself and without having okay. to pay like a monthly subscription to lead pages. Um, right, but you're paying but a monthly subscription to them. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, yeah, to ConvertKit, yeah. right. Uh-huh. You know, it costs a little bit more. The the there is a benefit in that with ConvertKit, like every form or landing page you create, you can actually see like the conversion rate, and yes. so it shows you like the visitors and the subscribers and the conversion rate. So like right now, Christian Writer Shop Talk, and um, my conversion rate on that is sixty eight percent. So sixty eight percent of people who land on that page sign up for it. You know, so that's wow. good information to know. Now, my other mm-hmm. ones don't do so great, you know, so I don't really, I don't promote them. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's good from that perspective to understand, like, for example, my newsletter sidebar thing to sign up in the mm-hmm. sidebar is awful. So I'm going to remove it. I don't get any conversions okay. from it, so I don't need it to take up space on my website. So it's, it's good yeah. for things like that. Um, oh, the one big thing I'm not a fan of in ConvertKit is it does not allow you to see um, what exactly the people clicked on. Does that make sense? So, 
like for example, if you have a newsletter and you reference an article or you reference your Facebook or you reference a store item all in the same email, um, ConvertKit only shows you that people clicked on something. Yeah, the only the, what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only way you would know if they clicked on something is if you set up a tag for every one of those links. You see what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So to me, to me, I'm like, I don't have time for that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, again, I'm kind of neutral on it. I'm actually switching to a completely different email program um, very, very soon because I need some advanced functionality. It's called Active Campaign. Um, okay. And it's it's. Have you heard of Infusionsoft? Yes, I have. Yeah. Which is crazy expensive. Okay. Active yeah. Campaign is like two steps below it. You know, it, it okay. gives me a lot of the functionality I'm going to need, and it has like a customer relationship management section, you know, to keep up with clients and stuff like that, which is what right. I need. Um, and it has the ability to tag like what we're talking about and do automations, and it's all visual. Like when you set up your automations, you're dragging and dropping these little blocks instead of sitting here trying to figure out like a like a manual entry automation, like, I want this, right. do this, and this, and this. You have to set it all up manually in ConvertKit. So okay. I really just think it depends on your, your personality. Um, ConvertKit has a great active group, you know, that helps with questions and stuff like that. Right. And there are definitely, definitely people who could set up for you. But the key is going to be, like, you, you said you set up for a trial. So I, honestly, I would just play around with it and watch their help features. And if you get overwhelmed, then just don't, don't, don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing is I migrate over my people from, mm-hmm. from a MailChimp. Is mm-hmm. there still a way that I can keep MailChimp as well? <laughs> I mean, well, you could, but that would be kind of administratively challenging for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just I, don't want to have to convert, you know, go from one to the other and then have to go back. Yeah. So. Um, theoretically, I think, like, my MailChimp account is still open, like yeah. the one I had. Um, and so I exported my people and imported them into ConvertKit. And uh-huh. if I were to go back to MailChimp, I would mm-hmm. export my people out of ConvertKit and import them into MailChimp, and MailChimp would just remove any duplications. Do you see what I mean? So they they would only add anybody new, you know. Um, The problem with switching between systems like that is you kind of lose all your stats and stuff, and, you know, your emails don't transfer. It's just the people. So I kept my MailChimp open because I wanted to still have access, you know, to the emails I had previously sent. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't have any subscribers. It's a zero, you know. Okay. Anymore. Okay. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I you know list building is kind of um, I don't know that I would worry about that right now. I really don't. Okay. Um, in in the respect of changing programs. Um, okay. I think that if you're comfortable with MailChimp and you know how to use it, then that's not mm-hmm. really something you need to change until you grow more. You know? Gotcha. Yeah, because and I can... was looking at it more from, will this help me grow more? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
probably not. Well, it's not just having one email program or another that's going to help your list grow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that the people that, you know, join ConvertKit and say, oh, my gosh, my list has grown so much is because they're using landing pages for the first time or they're using pop-ups okay. for the first time. It's, it, I mean, for real, you know. And so yeah. there, there is the benefit there, but there's other, you know, plugins that you could use that could do the same thing, you know. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay, so let's um, touch base on um, the list building piece of this. Um, yeah. So w- what I have on here, um, are, well, you, it, I'm going to go through this kind of fast because most of this is homework, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. It's not overwhelming, but, but the, the key thing with list building is, is the first thing that you have to understand. Now that we've kind of on your website have situated, okay, this is the content that I'm going to be focusing on, right? This is the type of content. I'm going to do it in this manner. And we need to make sure that you know who your ideal audience is. And so what I mean by that is um, determining the type of reader you are trying to appeal to with your content, right? Right. And so questions like, you know, who would benefit from your content? Um, what do they look like? And I don't mean physically. I mean just kind of what, right. what is their yeah. station or season in life? You know, what are they interested in? What do they hang out online? You know, what are their pain points? What areas do they need hope in? So just really thinking through those questions because then mm-hmm. you can develop kind of an overall description for yourself and and basically find where those people are. And I'll help you with that. But in the beginning, you're the one that knows the audience that you're trying to attract best, right? Mm-hmm. So the key, mm-hmm. the key with list building is that you're not trying to attract anybody and everybody. Right. You, you shouldn't be doing that. You're trying mm-hmm. to attract, you know, the people that will resonate specifically with you, your message, your writing style, and your content. Okay? Yes. And... Um, so one of the assignments for you is going to be to kind of answer those questions um, because um, that will help us kind of know how to how and where to market your newsletter um, for okay. people to sign up. Okay. Um, in terms of list building itself, once you have that outlined, um, there's a couple of different ways um, we can work on this, which I've listed out kind of in order. And um, so the first thing is having – are you familiar with the term evergreen? Have you heard of that in all your readings? I have. About, oh, okay. Yeah. Ever, I, I, thought I don't know anything about it. It's basically a static um, article or post that is timeless, that can be shared okay. over and over and over again. And so one of the first things um, I usually have you all do when we're working on list building is creating a blog post that is evergreen. And what it is is it's almost like an introduction um, to your list, and, and not your list. I'm sorry, to your categories. So we're already okay. talking about we're already talking about maybe having some of this in your about me section, or maybe the headers, which we'll figure it out. But I'm talking about having a specific blog post that talks about this is what I talk about. Um, this is the heart behind my writing. This is my mission. These are my core values. This is how often I communicate with you, um, and 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 it and here's where you can sign up, you know, to receive this information. And so it's basically a blog post because then you get a URL that you can just share over and over and over again, 
You see what I mean? Okay. Like mm-hmm. it's one page just kind of outlining who you are, what you're about, what you're passionate about, you know, how often you communicate with your readers and giving them the option to sign up for your newsletter. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, is kind of condensing all of that. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. this is the hard part. Into like a one or two sentence invitation. Okay. Um, and, and this is the hard part. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, it, it was uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me when I was doing this. Okay. But okay. I'm in, I'm in um, that, that 10,000 subscribers course. Have you heard of that one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. email list building. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the first things um, they have us do in there, like a lot of people just share on social media, and that's great. And they have it on their blog post or their website. Um, but they rarely reach out one-on-one to invite people. And so that's mm-hmm. one of the core modules of the 10K subscribers is going through the contacts you have, the, the connections you already have. And that could be face- Facebook, Twitter, email, LinkedIn, whatever. And messaging them. Now, the key with this is um, it's not like, um, will you sign up for my newsletter? Here's the link. That's not how you do it. (laughs) It's it's more of, you know, I'm going in a new direction with my my writing. I'm going to be focusing on these topics, these categories we talked about. You know, Mm -hmm. I thought you might be interested in this based on, whatever reason you feel they're interested in. Like I'm not telling you to send this to everybody you know, but to really think through the people you're connected with and and would it benefit them personally or would it benefit their audience, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Let me know if you'd like more info or or if you'd like to be added, period. You see what I'm saying? And you send it to them via Facebook or Twitter or email or LinkedIn or whatever, um, and you just wait for a response. Now, the hard part about this is it, it sometimes takes a, l- a little more time than I'd like, <laughs> right? Uh, because, yeah. because I've gotten in conversations with people that can be like, you know, 30 minutes later. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah. think about it. You know, you're cultivating a relationship, right? And eventually, yeah. if they say, yes, I want to be added to your newsletter, you're like, okay, great. I'm going to add you right now. What's your, what's your email? And then they're on your list. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. So it, it is a little uncomfortable. And there's some people that just flat out didn't reply. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so it's just, you know, kind of reaching out um, to the people that you think would really benefit or really be interested and then giving them the option to say yes or no. Okay. okay. And, the, and the key here is, you know, starting with sending it to people who you feel might be a great fit for the message you have, you know, whether they would benefit from it or whether their audience would benefit from it. Okay. Um, so that's the worst one in terms of being uncomfortable because it's just <laughs> most, you know, really it is, you know, it's like, hey, be on my newsletter. It just feels weird. But again, yeah. the, the way you say it makes all the difference, you know. Right. And right. So anyway, having said that. Um, the second thing is creating um, several different promotional items um, for the email list sign up. Um, so what I mean by that is when you're sharing about the newsletter, um, the first thing is you need to avoid language that says sign up for my newsletter, <laughs> right? Because it right. can be it can be immediate turn off to people. Like if sure. they see that, yeah. they're going to be like, whatever, I don't need that. Instead, it needs to be language like, you know, would you join me or I want to partner with you or let's journey mm-hmm. together. 
in X, Y, or Z, okay? Right, right. And the different ways you can do that, the different ways you can create different promotional items are, like you could highlight your content upgrade, the one that you just created and who it is for. You can say, hey, I just created this, this blank, and it will really help people who need this. If you'd like to receive this, you know, here's how, and it's a link to sign up to your newsletter. You see what I mean? Okay. It doesn't say mm-hmm. send it from a newsletter. It doesn't say any of that. <laughs> it just kind of directs yeah. them. And then they get there, and they can obviously see it's a sign-up for a newsletter, and they can choose to proceed or not. But your goal is to get them to click that link, to actually go yeah. and see what you have to offer. And so you're gonna, you, you need to try to avoid language that, where people will go, oh, I, I don't have time for another mm-hmm. newsletter. I don't need to sign up for that. Okay. Right. Um, highlighting a benefit readers will receive from your newsletter. You know, what are your, like we were talking about core values and core mission statement earlier. You know, you can turn your core value into a promotional item for a newsletter sign up. You say, you know what, like, like for me, one of the things I'm passionate about as a book marketing consultant is to really help um, authors reach the right readers and ignite their faith. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I might say something like, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about helping Christian authors reach the right readers and ignite their faith. You know, would you join me on that journey? And it has a, a, a link to sign up for my newsletter. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's just thinking through the ways you can attract people's attention without um, immediately turning them away because yeah. they think, oh, I don't. Yeah. 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 You could even do, like you were talking about Facebook Live, you could do a, a mm-hmm. brief video highlighting the same two things we just talked about, one of right. your content upgrades or one of your core values, and inviting them to join you in that journey. And you do the video, and then you have a link in the comments to how they can join you. Here's how you can join me. <laughs> Newsletter link sign cool. up. <laughs> okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. the words you use are slightly different, you know. So. Sure. It's getting them to see how you want to partner and, and your heart behind it and that you really want to come alongside them. Um, yeah. And it's really, it's really a little bit of psychology kind of, you know, appeal. <laughs> it really is. It's appealing yeah. to, their, to their need and mm-hmm. kind of deflecting away from a common obstacle that most people have, which is I don't want to sign up for another newsletter. Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I, I made a list of like anytime you have a content upgrade or these promotions, you need to share them everywhere you can, right? So like your yeah. blog, Facebook yep. posts, Facebook Live, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Periscope if you use it, via your emails, guest posts, you know, the pop-up boxes on your website. Like you have to consistently share that opportunity like to the tune of sharing something at least once a day somewhere. For real. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And remember, we think, like, when we're, I don't know, scheduling our content, we're like, oh, my God, this is so much, we're asking so many times. But you've got to think of it from mm -hmm. the perspective of who's actually going to see that information at Mm -hmm. any given time, you know. And the way most social media works is that, you know, it's so fast that only a, right. a small subset is actually going to see that. So you have to be repetitive about it. You have to be consistent about it. And it's really, like I said, crafting those promotions in a way that highlights benefits for people and the journey and the partnership, yeah. not just sign up from a newsletter kind of thing. 
Exactly. Um, let's see. And I also have in here, making sure in your newsletters that you're inviting your readers to invite their friends to join in um, if they find the information valuable. Um, and then one thing we'll talk about a little bit later, is, uh, it has to do with you can do challenges you know, via email. You can have like a five-day or seven-day study challenge or even a 30-day challenge, right? Yeah. Um, and those are things you can deliver via automation and email, and it's designed to build your email list. You know, you can have a webinar. Those are those are all things you can do, but but those are more like advanced, right? So right now, yeah. in this immediate moment, it's doing everything that we just talked about. Is and, that all? <laughs> I know, I know. But this is why no, I'm telling you. Uh, this is good. this is why I'm telling you. It's better for you to have more time, because this is it's time consuming. You know, it it's it's, it it's literally, and I know that because I have to do this every couple of days, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I think the biggest thing that I'll tell you is um, I don't do webinars or challenges right now, really, just right. because of my lack of my schedule. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I probably grow my list, I mean, honestly, like this, maybe, I don't know, 100 people a month. But I'm okay with that. I don't need a big list. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. don't, yeah. you know? That's not what I'm going for because I'm not trying to build a platform to write a book. You know, I just want to right. make sure that I'm really attracting people who might be in need of, you know, any of the services I have. So I don't yes. – it doesn't matter to me if it grows exponentially. And I even actively remove people. Like I have um, the ability to see if people have not opened the emails in like 60 days. And, okay. and so I currently send them a message and says, hey, you know, how can I serve you better? You know, I've noticed you've not opened the emails. You know, That's ask them a couple great. questions. And if they don't answer me, I delete them. Okay. I'm serious. Because I, yeah. there's, no, there's no point in me praying for someone to be on my list who's not going to open my emails. Right? Right. You know, and so, in the, in the, I mean, honestly, they probably won't even notice if they're not opening the emails. Right, <laughs> right? exactly. Yep. You know, so for me, I, I, I have a very, you know, I, I'm not really focused on the quantity of my list at all. It's more about the quality for me because that's what's appropriate for what I'm doing. Yeah, so, yeah. So, anyway, more advanced are the challenges, you know, the webinars, that sort of thing. Um, okay. Another a little bit more advanced feature are giveaways. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, the way I like to do giveaways has more to do with partnering than anything else. And individual giveaways are really, really hard sometimes to get traction on. So what I mean by that is if you just want to give away a copy of your study or you want to give away an art print or whatever, it's, it's hard to get a lot of entries into that sort of thing. Right. Um, it's, it's better to partner, and this is part of where that influencer list comes in, it's better to partner with peers with similar audiences to create like a giveaway package, right? Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, you know maybe it's, you know, the, the, the giveaway theme is these are my favorite study tools or these are me and my friend's favorite study tools, right? Um, and then everybody can cross promote the giveaway, which helps with reach. Um, and mm-hmm. the key to a giveaway to build a list is you have to use a giveaway tool that encourages people um, to earn entries by sharing the giveaway. Okay, so think okay. about this for a second. A lot of people do giveaways where they say, you can earn entries by doing these five things, right? Mm-hmm. But then it ends with them because they want to win. 
right? Right. <laughs> okay. Yep. So if you add an element of you can earn 10 more entries if you share this giveaway on your Facebook feed, right? They mm-hmm. earn more entries, they increase their chances, but then they also expose new people to your giveaway. Yeah. So yeah. that's the only way that I've seen that using giveaways to build a list actually works is when there's incentive for the people entering to actually share about it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, okay. you know, you get low entries, and it's usually the entry people, the people that are already on your list, which is a bad point. Yeah, yeah. So, and and what is the uh, what tools would do you use for that? Like Rafflecopter? Um, what is the well, I, I actually, I don't like Rapplecopter, but I, I have a okay. couple of them that I'll put in the list for you to look over. Great. Just, just to kind of look over that have this functionality to it. Okay. Um, the, main, the main ones, there's one called Gleam, G-L-E-A-M. And then um, I think I mentioned this to you before, um, the King Sumo um, app. Okay. If, if you've heard of that, that's actually a pop-up ad, but you can also do giveaways through it. So okay. those are the two, okay. ma- the two main ones I recommend mm-hmm. looking at. Um, and there is, you know, cost associated with these, um, but both of these allow you to do what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, and this is a, like, wildly best-case scenario, but I'm just going to use it as an example. And I have a, a peer that used this, and they, they have a kind of a niche market, so they sell these markers that are, like, super awesome. I don't even know how to describe it because I don't use markers, but it's for art. Um, mm-hmm. And so they sell these particular markers that are kind of high-end, and they wanted to build their email list, and um, so they had a giveaway for a set of these markers and, like, a series of videos on how to use them effectively. Um, okay. And th- this guy, this is crazy, he, he grew his email list to 75,000 people. <laughs> We're like, oh, my, oh my God. You know, it's a very niche market and all that kind of stuff, but we were like, wow, you know, and he directly attributed it to this, of doing a giveaway that allowed people to share to get more entries, you know, because he had had tried one before where, you know, he got like 100 entries, you know, people, you've you've got to give them incentive to actually share and spread the word or they're just going to enter and increase their odds of winning, their own odds, right? Right, right, right. So, Okay. Um, let's see what else is on here. Um, so giveaways again in the webinar and the challenges are a little bit more advanced list building. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about are, um, just to start thinking through this, um, before you like heavily start list building, you need Mm -hmm. to make sure you have like a way to nurture your audience or your reader, like a nurture sequence. So what I mean by that is when you sign, when people sign up for your newsletter, what happens, right? And a yeah. lot of people, yeah. a lot of people just have it where they just get the blog post or mm-hmm. they send an email once a month, okay? But you, yeah. really need, you really need to have kind of an automated sequence in place that, number one, welcomes your reader, not just a thanks for subscribing, but like a a message that actually welcomes them. And it can be very close to like the about me section and stuff like that. Right. You got to remember not everybody who signs up for your list goes through your website. So they may not have seen that information, you know? Right. 
you need to introduce them, them to you and show them how you can serve them. So you might have a series of emails, maybe they go out every two weeks, that talk about you and your mission and your core values and what you write about, you know, um, ask questions mm -hmm. like, why do, why do they subscribe to your newsletter? Um, what would they like to learn about from you? How can you pray for them kind of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. You could give them a brief video on each topic you cover, right? You could send an email out about your speaking, like a speaking kit um, or highlighting how to book you for speaking engagements with some testimonials. Um, and you can also, like whenever you have something to promote, like say you have mm -hmm. an online study coming up, right? Right. We would, right. We would add an email into the sequence that says, hey, the study is coming up. Here's how you can register. Okay, so you, you have to be in the habit of taking your readers on a journey from the second yeah. they subscribe <clears throat> yeah. so they're used mm -hmm. to hearing from you and they can hear everything that you have to offer. Um, you know, that is really, is really the bottom line. Okay, so if you don't already have that in place, that's something you need to really think through of what and, that could look like. Is that... Um, I'm always thinking of the back end, how this actually gets done. So mm -hmm. is that something that I can set up in MailChimp? Yes, under the automation feature that they have. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, because that is not something that I've done before, and, it's, and I, it totally makes sense. I mean, it gives you that much more personal touch rather than, oh, thanks for your email address, and now I'm just going to send you stuff as I want to send it to you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and right now I'm saying thank you for subscribing. So, mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be super extensive. You could cover everything I just said in four emails, and they're scheduled to go out every two weeks. You see what I right. mean? It's just, yeah. again, kind of exposing them to you. Like, I'm actually setting all this up for myself as well, and, and I think mine are set up every month. Like every okay. month I have something going out um, that talks about the different aspects of what I'm focusing on and that sort of thing. Um, okay. So and then let me I'm ask you this. Are you, are you going to send those to people who have been subscribed for two years? Well, technically an automation is supposed to be for new subscribers. Mm, um, okay. So like in my case um, – uh, well, it's actually a very good question. I'm trying to figure out how to handle that right now. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like almost it, like it, yeah. you want to retouch base with them to, mm -hmm. you know, encourage more interest again. Yeah. Kind of yeah, build the I, interest. So it, it could be such that you're saying, you know, um, uh, for your, in your situation, you're mm -hmm. repurposing or re- um, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's it's uh, refurbishing your website, rebranding, um, so mm -hmm. you can make that statement. And I'm also in a little bit of a different situation because I'm actually switching email programs. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have it all set up, and then I'm gonna import all my subscribers into that series. You see what okay. I mean? So they will all get it because they're going to be brand new subscribers, you know, to my yeah. series. Um, but in your case, um, it might be something as simple as, um, you know, in every newsletter you send, 
um, just hi highlighting like a condensed version of what that email sequence says. You know, so maybe, you know, like already that blog post that I was telling you about, about um, listing out the categories and what you talk about and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and inviting people to the list, that is something that will be a blog post that will go out to your email list. So that would already okay. cover some of it. Um, yeah. You know, in one, one email, you could add a section about you. And again, we'll talk about email templates later in a, little, in a little bit. But, you know, you could have a section that, you know, says, you know, some of you may be new to my list, you know, so here's a reminder of the direction I'm going, you know, here's who I am, mm -hmm. here's what's important to me. So you can integrate that automation series into blog posts or newsletters to your existing subscribers. Um, and okay. some, some email programs will let you send it to new subscribers. Um, I'm trying to think how MailChimp does it. Well, I noticed if, here I'm I'm on it, um, so I I don't pay anything for Mailchimp right now, right? Um, and the automated emails are an upgrade. So it's yeah, it's ten dollars a month. Yeah, okay. it is. It's ten dollars a month. Um, and so the way it works, I'm trying. I I I can't get it to my Mailchimp because I haven't logged into it for like a year. But the way it works yeah. is. Fine. I know um, new subscribers will get the sequence, so it might be something as simple as you create a list that is, you know, I don't know, welcome email series, mm -hmm. and then you, you know, like you already have a master list, and then it would be adding everybody on your current master list to that new list. Just, do you see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And mm -hmm. then anybody who joins your newsletter list would also get it. So you would be kind of covering both people. You would just have to probably have your current list um, tagged to also receive it. So there's a way to do it is really the bottom line. I don't okay. want to get too confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But really the point is just nurturing, you know, your your readers right. to be used to hearing from you and to mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. um, you know, just hi just highlight different things that you do, right? And right. they may not be aware of. Maybe they just read the blog post or see you on social media. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, so that's it. That's that's kind of in a nutshell, and I know it's kind of a lot. <laughs> so it is, it is, it is. But that's so, great. But what I want to do is make sure that we schedule a call and um, to kind of see progress on all of this. Yeah, right. In about in about a month, right? That's um, perfect. Because right about let's see, July, August. Um, if the study is going to be in September-ish time frame, then July is when we would really need to make sure all the content is worked on and that we start promoting it in, in August. Okay? Okay. So, but that doesn't mean, like, like, if you have questions while you're working on this or you want me to review something, of course, you know, email me and all that okay. kind of stuff and we'll work it out. But this, this is probably, this piece and the content, I guess, creation for the, course are probably the, the more time intensive for you. Um, right. Hopefully the summer is a little easier for you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, but, you know, the thing too with the online study is, is, is really, it's important to focus on the list building so that you can attract readers who would be interested in the study. Right. So that's right. why it should, that's why yeah. it needs to happen first. Yeah. Um, so do you want to go ahead and set the call for June? Like, do you have your calendar that far in advance? That sounds good. 
actually. Okay. Okay, so it's the 19th, so we could do the week of the 20th. Okay, the week of June twentieth looks good. What day works for you? Um, hold on. Let's see, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Any of those okay. days at any at any okay. time, to be honest, because I okay. my summers are really really open, which is good. Okay, perfect. Why don't we do um, ten o'clock Tuesday the twenty first? Okay, ten your time or my time? Uh, my time. <laughs> so okay. be what? No, I think I'm an hour before you, which is fine. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um. So I need to add your notes. Um. And I'm I'm gonna go look up in that course the time, the optimal time for yes. the Facebook yes. Live and all that kind of stuff. I have another call right now, so it's probably gonna okay. be this afternoon Perfect. before I send it to you. Okay. That's but not a problem at all. Awesome. Okay, well, let me know if you have any questions. I always love talking to you. Perfect, Lindsay. You too. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.